Well, you hear that music, it only means one thing. It means that Coach Dave McGinnis, Coach Mack, is joining us here on Blaine and Mickey, although I think they play that music for Coach Mack all up and down the station because it's a great song, and it's Coach Mack's song, and he's brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. If you need great health care coverage at an affordable price, let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered. And Coach Mack, before we start covering some NFL topics, Lucas has a hockey puck he needs to give away. It's signed by Ryan Ellis. And we need some good mojo tonight, so let's put this hockey puck in somebody's hot little hands. Let's do caller number three at 615-737-1045. You can get yourself a signed, autographed Ryan Ellis Preds hockey puck. Coach, have you ever seen anything like these double overtime hockey games? It just takes your breath away. Those last two double overtime wins, I mean, I, you know, I clearly I'm not a hockey expert, uh, but all the cities that I've coached in have had really, really – good hockey clubs and 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 fans that are just uh, completely crazy starting up there in Chicago and then all the way through to here. I, I I love that. I mean, double overtime wins. I really enjoy watching professional athletes compete in pressure situations and playoff hockey is as pressure situation as you can get to. And, and the way that, that uh, Bridgestone arena was rocking and rolling, I had to be out of town. I came back in right at the end of that and tried to go downtown. Couldn't get down there. I mean, it was just uh, just jam-packed. Those those two wins were outstanding, and hopefully they keep it up tonight. And Blaine and I were talking about this. Hockey is the only sport where they say, okay, you just made a dumb mistake. We're going to take one of your guys off the ice for oh. two minutes. And we were thinking, what if they did that in the NFL? Like and, and Blaine said – Blaine said only for an egregious penalty, like if you speared someone or you face masked somebody like that, a personal foul, if they went to the other team's coach and said, okay, you can have 15 yards or that guy leaves the field for one play. Could you imagine playing the NFL, playing one play without your 11th guy on the field for, you know, if that was the route they took for the penalty? Well, first of all, if they were going to take you off for hitting hard, Blaine wouldn't have been able to play a whole lot of games. <laughs> the, the next thing is, is, you know, when you really, when you watch hockey and you really watch it up close and, 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 and even if you, if you ever get a chance to sit down there on the glass, it's, it's the absolute best just because of the, that's a physical, physical game. Those are athletic dudes moving really, really fast. And they go at it. Those are, talk about those two overtime games again, and then we'll get on to something else. But those are really physical games, too. Mm -hmm. And for both of those teams to play two physical double overtimes, I promise you they did not have enough hot tubs and rub-down tables in those training rooms after those games. Oh, Blaine, first thing he started talking about was the cold tub, right? Blaine, you, I mean, he said, you got to get all those dudes in the cold tub. I mean, they played two games of five periods, basically. A cold tub, hot tub, any kind of tub, because yeah. I tell you what, they're, they're, those guys on both teams, they were going at it, and as well you should. I mean, this is playoff hockey, and, and, and the National Hockey League, you know, re, reconfigured all of their divisions this year so they could get it in with COVID, and it's made it pretty interesting. Sure did. We're getting the Mac attack. Always interesting from Coach Mac. You got a question for him? Hit us on Twitter, at Blaine and Mickey, or just call and join the discussion, 615-737-1045. Well, first, thanks for coming on there, Coach uh, Mack. And always, I'm trying to always inflect knowledge uh, through you to kind of inform us, me, Mickey, and all the fans about what's the thought process behind the scenes, behind the curtain, behind the doors, behind any organization, which you've been around a lot of different organizations. And when you look at this team and you're the GM, do you say, man, without A.J. Brown, 
how does this team look? Because he did have two scopes and he missed a game or two where he was banged up and came out of some games because you know he's your number one. But would you pursue another high profile receiver just in case that did happen and he got banged up and had to miss some games? Or yeah, do you Blaine, that's, a, that, that's a that's a that's a that's a real point. And and when you're in that part of it, when you're inside the building, as I've been for a long time, what you do, you're always trying to to layer your football team. You are constantly mm-hmm. thinking about layering your football team. Now, different layers come on at different times. You know, uh-huh. you, you've got free agency periods. You've got uh, you've got the draft. You've got free agency after the draft. And then you have, you know, free agency after June 1st. And especially in this truncated salary cap year where some teams are struggling with the cap and we're, you know, you're particularly talking about what's going on in Atlanta with Julio Jones. I mean, they absolutely are struggling with the cap and they, you know, they put him out there for trade during the draft. And so the thing you're always as a general manager in the National Football League, the answer to that is, and as a head coach, you are always looking to layer your, your roster. You have to be. You're consistently doing that. You're looking to layer your roster two ways, Blaine, and you ask a good question. You're looking to layer it at the top with people that may come available, be mostly, and it's because of salary cap reasons at this time of year, that people may become available, and then you do all your due diligence, looking at injury, history, age, everything else where it would fit, and then you're consistently chumming the bottom of your roster. You're continually churning the bottom of your roster. You can see that if you just pay attention to the transactions that just the Titans make during the season, different guys that they bring in, how they how they rotate and revolve their, you know, their practice squad. You're always trying to do that, but you're trying to do two things. You're always trying to evolve your roster from the top down and from the bottom up. And so my answer to that question would be absolutely. And then each individual case is taken on on its own merit and basis. And a lot of it right now, if you're talking about a a, a big-time player, which Julio Jones is, the first thing you're talking about is how does it fit within the salary cap structure of what we're not only going to try to do this year, what we have to do this year, and we we need to win because you need to win. You're you're on a five-year winning streak here. You need to win, but at the same time, you need to be able to foresee into the future how that's going to happen. And it's 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 a really a unique situation this year just because of the way the cap was was truncated last year and this season. And the cap, Blaine, really, and then I'll get off of this, the cap really is not going to go exponentially up until 2023. Until uh-huh. 2023 is when the catch-up is. So right, that's when the TV contract, I guess, kind of hits in, correct? Or absolutely. And that's right. that that okay. is the way that's what's going on. And that's the way that's the way front offices are thinking right now. Okay, and I'm not going to say you said Julio Jones, and I wasn't going to say Julio Jones, but just say someone with the same figure that he has, I think 15 million. How, if you got some way, somehow got him, whether it be a trade or whatever, but it's 15 million is the number, and he's traded to you, how can you get the Falcons to pay a certain portion where it then doesn't hit your cap at as a high number? Or can you even do that where they pay a portion of his contract? Well, and, and again, a lot of that depends. You know, they did the same thing with Ryan Tannehill. Right. Now, the numbers yeah. weren't yeah. that big. They did the same thing. But at the same time, Miami had space on their cap to absorb that. All right. Mm-hmm. I th- and, and again, Mickey is the, is the, is the, is the capologist there. Yeah. You guys. <laughs> he's got, he's the number he, guy, right? He's got <laughs> a site that he can go to that tells you about it. But, but when you look at those sites, and I don't know how accurate they are, but the Atlanta Falcons, 
you know, I don't even think they got half a million dollars right now in salary cap room. I mean, I don't think they do. And so, you know, you know, Arthur Smith, look, there's a reason, guys. There is a reason that Arthur Blank hired a new head coach and completely redid his front office. Okay. Yeah. So they're 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 in they're into a, a, a season right now or a start of as to whether they're reconfiguring that organization. And so they are going to have to be very careful too with things early on and still try to get back on track and win some games. Well, Nancy Julio Jones is a big topic, and he was on with Shannon Sharp, called him on the phone and asked him, you know, what's he want to be, you know, on the Falcons or or not or somewhere else. And he said he was out. I, I thought I don't think he knew that he was live on air, but I don't know that for a fact. It just seems like how he would present that. But looking at that in totality, do you think his answer is saying, I'm out? and you're the GM and head coach, do you think that helped you or hurt you in his value to help trade him? Yeah, well, I, I mean, well, he has been up for trade since the draft. Oh, wow, everybody knows that. So everybody, I, I, everybody knows that. So I don't, I don't think, and again, I just, I just know from the periphery, what you mentioned about, you know, uh, Shannon Sharp and, and, and Julio, and clearly they've got a relationship. Right. If, if he can just pick up a phone, you know they do. I mean, you and I have relationships with people from all of our years in the league that we can just pick up a phone and call and they're mm-hmm. going to answer. You know, so those types of things are not unusual to me. The fact the fact of the matter is, is that Julio Jones was up for trade during the draft. So I don't think that makes any difference. Hmm. Well, man, we're on with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. And I guess one more thing. It's not with Julio Jones, though, but it's not a player with the Titans. And that is the big name and the big selling jersey of Tim Tebow. Is this a circus? And is, is, is this what you really want to pull away from all of the, the Trevor Lawrence and everybody's paying attention to Tim Tebow and not Trevor Lawrence? They, they they, now they're focused on – yeah, because actually it's a great move if it works. But then at some point, how is he like top five in jersey sales? Good Lord. You he's all what? of the top five. Yeah. Yeah. He's all you, of you know what? God bless him. People want the <laughs> jersey. And, <laughs> and if, look, if he changes numbers, then he'll sell two jerseys. Yeah. Know, that's just, <laughs> I said the same thing. As soon as Bortles well, is gone. Yes. Yeah, so as soon as, as soon as he, he changes jersey numbers. And you know what? And that's just, that's just, that's just all part of it. I mean, it really is. And so the people that are going to buy Tim Tebow jersey or jerseys, they're going to buy them no matter what. The point that you make, you know, Blaine, that uh, I think has some legs to it is, you know, people say, well, this is a distraction and this is, well, you know, they may want that because there's going to be a lot of heat on that number one pick as that quarterback. You know, the first time he gets out there and spins one to the other team, you know, he'll find out, he'll find out real quick that, uh, you know, this is not the ACC. No doubt about it. We're on with Coach Matt giving us the Mac attack. Coach, we got a question, it looks like, uh, from a caller. Jason from Nashville has a question for Coach Max. So let's uh, jump to the phone. Jason, welcome in to uh, to the segment here. Hey, Coach Mack, how are you doing? Jason, thanks for calling in, man. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I, uh, not Titans-related, but recently I saw on one of the streaming services, the Pat Tillman documentary that you contributed a lot to and were interviewed in there, and I – I think that uh, your contributions actually made that documentary um, just much, much, much better than it would have been without it. 
Uh, the reason I'm calling is because I saw in the news, uh, I read somewhere within the last week, that there's a petition trying to get all of the teams in the NFL to retire Pat Tillman's number. And I just wanted to know if you were involved with that or had any more information or what you could tell us about that. Jason, thank you for the call. Uh, first of all, thanks for the call. I, and I love, you know, list, uh, being able to visit with our callers. You know, now that, now that Nashville's getting open, I've been downtown again. I'm so happy now to be out among the fans. I just love that. So thank you, Jason. And thank you for bringing up a subject that's very close to my heart you know, in, in, in Pat Tillman. Look, Pat Tillman, is, and I've been involved with a lot of players in all of my years in the league, you know, that have made significant contributions to my life. No player has touched my life in as many areas and as deeply as Pat Tillman did. And for a lot of different reasons. And so anything that is done to honor Pat Tillman, I'm all for. But I will say this, knowing Pat as well as I did, Pat Tillman wanted none of the focus ever to be on Pat Tillman, ever ever. And so to, to, he was the consummate, ultimate team person, both as a player, as a friend, as a human being. And so, you know, I, I'm not involved in that, in, in that petition, but to me, I think just, just honoring what the, what the, what Pat Tillman stood for. And I, I, I could go so deep into this and, and, and sometimes I, I will, I've been asked to do several uh, you know, pretty lengthy podcast on Pat Tillman. And I'm, I'm more than willing to do that because this was a very special uh, human being, a very, very special human being. Uh, and so I really appreciate you bringing that up. I'm not involved in, uh, in that particular uh, uh, petition. I was on the original board of his foundation, you know, when, when it started. And it's still continuing to do great things there at Arizona State. So thanks for the call. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anytime, anytime you get a chance to talk about him, coach, I know everybody enjoys hearing you talk about him and, and, and sharing your stories because we know how much that means to you. Um, something going on before the season, uh, Bruce Arians had basically come out a few days ago and said the Titans and the Buccaneers would practice together ahead of their preseason game. Uh, we really haven't had a chance to talk much about it. There's been all this stuff going on. and But I, I wanted to ask you, what was your experience with that? Because I, I know some players say they like it for the work they get, but they don't like it because it's, I mean, it, it goes pretty hard. And, and there people feel kind of different ways about this. What did you think about those joint practices? It all depends on, it all depends on the head coach of both squads and the coaching staffs and the leadership groups of the players. It okay. all depends on how you work because it is, it's excellent work at a time. You know, if Blaine Bishop wants to go up against their number one tight end in coverage, because he's used to covering his tight end for three weeks. I mean, he knows, what, and, and, it, and, and it gives you a chance as a player individually to try some things technique-wise, you know, that, that you might, now I'm talking about veteran players now, you know, just to see, just to see if it works. But, it, but the tempo and all of that stuff, that needs to be regulated, first of all, by the coaches when they, when they talk to their, their squad as a whole, Individual coaches talk to them, and then the team leaders, you know, talk, you know, among themselves. And also because you can get really good work. Now, if it if it if it evolves into as soon as the whistle blows, everybody runs together like Braveheart. That's no good. You're not getting anything out of that. You're not getting anything out of that at all. And so the things I've been involved with, the, the, the coaching staffs and the players, the leadership groups of both teams. I mean, we worked out for a week against the 49ers in Berlin, Germany when, when the, the Bears and the 49ers were the teams in the right. NFC, okay? Woo. Had zero problems at all. 
Wow. You know, and, and so, and so, you know, I mean, I could take my linebackers down there and would work on one-on-one coverage against Roger Craig and with Montana throwing, and, you, you know, and so it would really help. And so you did, you don't need to get into all the stuff that doesn't matter because let me tell you something, good players, they don't have to prove how tough they are every day because everybody knows. Now, the young players, the young players that are trying to, to, to make the squad, you, you know, you've got to impress upon them. They've got to learn how to practice. And some of the, for most of the young players, it's really good to go up against somebody in a different colored jersey before it all goes on for real. Because Blaine will attest to this, you get used to covering your own people. You, you all of a sudden get into a comfort zone, and then all of a sudden are working against your own people. And all of a sudden, there's somebody else. I'm talking about rookies, especially when you're brand new. And then you go, whoa there's some really good players all around this league, you know, so I better, I better get ready. So I'm all for it, but I'm for it when it's handled in the, in the appropriate way. I know Bruce Arians. I know Mike Vrabel very well. They'll handle it in the right way. No doubt. Coach Mack always handles his segment the right way brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans right here on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah. So uh, coach, we'll have uh, OTA starting up here really soon with the vets, I guess, kind of take us through that process of what the vets should be expecting, you know, with the coaches and then as well as the, the young players and how they kind of learn from the vets and maybe not get as much reps, but also getting the visual reps and then potentially getting reps as time goes on in camp. Yeah, they're in phase three now, uh, Blaine, which means now they can come together. They can come together, right. you know, for a while on the field. And this is a big time for these young players because they've been here by themselves. And now all of a sudden, you know, the vets come in and, and they can start to work into what's going on. And really, this is a time for a young player. And I would always tell the young players this, especially about my last dozen years of coaching when I was an assistant head coach, I would have the rookies quite a bit, you know, uh, after, after practice just to talk to them or, or, you know, at some time during the day about here's what you need to be doing. Look, what, 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 watch what the leader in your group is doing technique-wise. Watch how he works an individual. You know, learn, learn what's going on and don't, don't be out there and, and looking at everything, look at things that are important to you and be sure that every day you are working on something or trying to absorb something mentally that is going to help you. So this is a big time for them. This is, a, this is some of what I'm talking about. This is the next step for the, for the young players and then for the, you know, for the vets to kind of get back into rhythm. Now you're going to have your mandatory mini camp, then you're going to have training camp. So there's still a lot of work you know, to go ahead. And this, this, isn't, this time of year is not for just full out, full speed, blood on the moon, everybody take off running as fast as you can. The other thing that is important, Blaine, is for the young players to learn how to work in a group without pads on. You need to learn how to work at full speed without pads. That's a must in the National Football League because you're only, you can only have pads on 14 times during the, the regular season. So you are going to have to learn how to hone your skills and keep your skills without pads on. That's something you need to learn. And you learn that from watching the veterans and then being put into those situations with veterans so that you learn how to do that. Well, coach, I'm one of those ding-dongs. It took me a minute to learn that. And, and I was up there running full blast ahead with no pads and didn't care anything about my body. And naturally, it eventually got me. Let me tell you. No, no, stop that. That was, stop, that was tough. No, no, stop, to, stop to a minute. Let me tell you who else was like that. Pat Tillman. Yeah. I had to sit down with Pat and tell mm -hmm. him, hey, Patty, look, coach, look, I'm just trying. He was seventh round pick. 
Yeah, said, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this team. I said, I want you to make this team, but I also want you to be able to practice and hone your skills. And so that's nothing new. It doesn't surprise me. And, and hopefully somebody sets you down and said, hey, yeah, yeah, fish mm-hmm. yeah their face said, hey, look, you know, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to hurt my teammate. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And so and the, I had that I had that same discussion that Fish had with you. I had that with Pat Tillman. Yeah, no doubt about it. Those are always tough when you're out there trying to impress, but let alone, you know, you start you don't lo- know how to go, let's say, three-quarter speed under control with with your head spinning and then playing football at the same time. And that's what really starts happening. And then when the game starts slowing down for you, that's when you start having more control about what you're doing and then protecting yourself uh, at the same time and, and, and your teammates. So that, that was, that was something you had to learn. And I, I think it took me really till, you know, in the training camp, really at that point, when to go hard. And that's when you had the pads on, they say, Hey, it's full contact, you know, and that's also tough too. When it, you know, you have a coach like Buddy Ryan, Who's saying knock them out every single play too? That was tough. That was confusing actually. And then Jack Pardee saying, "Don't don't hit nobody." <laughs> hey, you, that was you, confusing. That uh, really was. You had the ultimate yin and yang of that. Between Buddy and Jack Pardee, you had the ultimate yin and yang there. Yeah, I was at the head coach said, "Don't hit nobody." But the DC said, hey, man, keep doing what you're doing. You'll be at home doing, you know, picking up trash. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that reminds me of? If you guys seen someone sent me, and, you know, I'm not on social media, but somebody sent me a a tweet about where somebody placed their dog in between uh, the husband and wife of the two owners, and then they took off running in different directions to see which way the dog would go first. Oh, that's a good one. And the, I'll send it to you. And the dog just starts spinning, has no idea. So it just starts spinning in a circle. Just starts spinning. That's kind of the way they put you in. Oh, yeah, they did, Coach. They got me. There. I, I guess real quick, this is kind of off the cuff, but, you know, you've been with a lot of different organizations, Been especially this is more pertaining when you're a head coach and how you would handle you have a superstar quarterback, a la Aaron Rodgers. This is the example. And you're going to draft a quarterback of the future how you would have handled that whole situation. I'd have involved him in it. I'd have went yes. and told him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have went right to him and told him. I've yeah. been involved in that before. Yeah. I mean, I've went right to him and told, I, I, you know, I, I went to, I would always go to our veteran players, especially guys, you know, that we were thinking of, of drafting somebody fairly high in yes. their position. I would go to him and say, Hey, here's what we're thinking in the draft. And I'm telling you why. And I'm telling you why we're, you know, why we're doing this. And especially with a quarterback and a quarterback, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know, the, the Bears did it when we I told you this when we drafted Deal Anderson, you know, with Walter Payton. We yeah, drafted yeah. him number one out of Florida, but went and told Walter. Walter said, fine, I'll bring him in, I'll help him. But go to him. I mean, this whole thing, I mean, this is a collaboration, professional football, just like professional sports. It's a collaboration, but it's a collaboration with communication. And so what does it hurt to communicate and go say, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're thinking. We're going to do it, but this is what we're thinking and why. And, and I respect you enough for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do. This is what, this is what we do. I absolutely would have involved him in it. Yeah. But some leaders have all the qualities of a leader, but have never been in that position. If not, it sounds real easy to us. All you had to do was communicate. He did yeah. not communicate to a superstar quarterback. 
And that tells yeah, me he wasn't ready for the leadership position. He may could do all the drafting and all the breaking down, but the leadership, you are a leader of not of the organization. No, absolutely. Communication Look, is key. Well, everybody key. appreciates, everybody appreciates this. Communication and honesty. Yep. They may not like the decisions, right. but if it's communicated honestly, they can live with it. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Completely agree. Coach Mack, great stuff as always. Thank you, sir. We look forward to uh, next week already. Appreciate the time as always. Guys, great spending the afternoon with you guys today. See ya.